This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Welcome, one and all, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us at Back of the Nest. For this episode, Albert and Heskiff join me to not only build you up to the visit of the Premier League's bottom place hoggers, Sheffield United, but seeing as it's been longer than between pods than James Tompkins' member, we will be blowing through reviews of Aston Villa and Leicester as well. of the nest sponsored by pitch sport pitch dmm.com <laughs> member <laughs> yes welcome everyone to the show it's been a while it's been quite the quite the time since all the way back when we previewed spurs heskiff a lot's happened since then oh wow I can't even remember that far back. I don't know what day it is. I definitely can't remember what we talked about last part. It was a time nearly we drew one. Ah. We drew one all. I say nearly. I mean, Vicente Guaya did make three ridiculous saves in that game. So, but more on Vinny later because obviously he's been in fine form despite all the goals we've conceded. Um, yeah, Albert. I mean, Spurs was back in a time where fans were allowed in, allowed inside stadiums in London. Um, we were getting it's almost like it never happened. <laughs> exactly. It almost never did. Um, what are you what are you now out where you are? Are you still in tier two or have you been shunted into uh, tier four? We were tier tier four, mate. Tier you four. Know, tier four. Mm. We 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 sort of got one foot in London. So I think we were you know, it was destined. Oh, it's not like Watford saying that we're a London club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they were desperate to go into tier four. <laughs> <laughs> if they keep it up, they might end up in tier four if they're not careful. Uh, right, considering it is T4, tier four and we can't go outside and have beers, we should have some beers here. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. Right. Um, Albert, what you Go got? On. I was going to say, God knows what you got given for Christmas. <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. Oh, okay. what, have I, what have I got? I've got, let's let's get it out of the way. 
I've got a Heineken. And Heskiff, is it is it a mulled wine kind of affair? Uh, no, I'm being a bit bougie today. I've got Orangina Rouge. <laughs> bougie. <laughs> bougie. Can we guess? Can we guess what you've got? Go on then, have a go. I reckon you've got a a, a Paxo and cranberry <laughs> uh, with a hint of giblet. Uh, and Brussels sprout, Brussels, it's called Brussels stout. Oh, excellent! You got there, you, you, you talked yourself into it. Yeah, um, weren't we talking about giblets the other day in, in the back of the Nest WhatsApp group? J- j- giblets, giblets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let we'll leave that. I'm drinking from Tiny Rebel the double 99, which is a chocolate flake soft serve imperial stout. Wasn't far off, it's 9.9 percent. So, um, oh my god. Is that coincidence? Uh, I mean, we weren't far off of conceding nine goals against Liverpool, were we? But there you go. Mm. Oh, that's nice. That, yep, it's good. Good. So we can move on, right? So, yeah, how was how was your Christmases? What did you do, Albert? Did you um, break all the rules and have loads of people around, or was it um, a quiet one in the Choydini Lounge? <laughs> You have to get it in there, didn't you? Uh, it was relatively quiet. We did a. We were meant to be at the uh, sister-in-laws. Obviously, that didn't happen. So we just did a drive-by through some presents at them. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ! It's <laughs> one Merry way of dealing with the in-laws: drive-by. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, uh, and then home for far too much food. I had to like obviously scrabble a dinner together. So got a six a six kilo turkey for what is essentially three adults. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I mean there's always too much food, isn't there? But this year there was definitely too much food. But it was not it was nice all the same. Yeah, it's, um I stayed in house and got a um turkey from MS. It was boneless with stuffing inside and wrapped in bacon and went in the oven for an hour and a half and came out perfect. So um <laughs> just, gone, just gone all the way and got sliced turkey for a sandwich <laughs> uh well what, if, what else did we, we had some party food as well on the side we had some um brie and cranberry little parcels and um pigs in blankets and all that what about you husky what did you go for uh yeah it's pretty quiet because it was just me vanessa and the dog um we had roast beef with all the trimmings except for pigs and blankets which we cooked put in the microwave to keep warm and then forgot about them Hang on, hang on, hang on. We didn't microwave them. We didn't microwave them. We're not animals. (laughs) They was cooked. The potatoes needed a bit longer. I put the pigs and blankets in the microwave because it's a condensed space to keep the heat in. And then I forgot about them. All right, I think you get a pass. I was gonna play. I was gonna play the Jewish card, but then the (laughs) blankets didn't really work, was it? Oh mate, we had full full sausage stuffing. Sausage meat stuff in my house because we didn't have the in-laws this year, so we could do that. Brilliant. It was bacon-tastic. Uh, it was like a Labour Party conference around your house then. Uh, um, right. Well, let's, actually, I do need to ask, did anyone have Brussels sprouts? or? Yes. Uh, yeah, Vanessa did. Oh, grim. It was grim. No, they're good. I'm, I'm, I'm a staunch defender of the Brussels sprout. Little, um, little, little mini cabbages. Yeah, what's wrong? Do you like big cabbages? Not really, no. Well, listen, I'll send you a, I'll send you a recipe next year for your sprouts where you uh, cook them in like a sriracha and honey-based sauce and 
delicious. So, mm. so you need to cover them in sweet honey to make them taste nice, basically. And sriracha. And sriracha. <laughs> Listen, there's not many vegetables that you can just boil that are nice. Potatoes? Boiled potatoes is like the fucking worst thing in the world. Yeah, they're still better than... No, worst nah. in the world. Oh. Worst kind of potato is still better than... Nah. No, any just plain boiled vegetables not very good apart from peas. Everything else needs a little bit of zhuzh, at least a bit of butter. Slash half a pack of butter in my opinion. Yeah. Welcome to the back of the Nest Cookery podcast, everyone. <laughs> Listen, we can't do dinner at ships, so we've got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, talking of dicks, um, James Tompkins, Albert, discuss. <laughs> He'd need a massive van, wouldn't he, to go around <laughs> doing that. He'd have to be on the back of a low loader, I reckon. <laughs> There's no getting away with that if you're James Tompkins. <laughs> Did like when when I saw the picture, I just assumed it had been photoshopped, and I actually found myself going to find the Aroused? video, going to find the video so I could watch it. And then also Google image in searching Tompkins to try and see if I could see it in the past. I don't know what's wrong with me. Not- Listen, all I say is a gift and a curse. All right, it's yes, we can all go look at that, but it isn't fun. Uh, you know, it doesn't. It has its downsides. <laughs> well, I freaking tripped a Leicester City player for a penalty, so it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Heskiff, we've had some ex Crystal Palace manager movement going on. Uh, what Sam Allardyce back in the Premier League? He's he's got off to a good start. Yeah, he's got off to a flyer. Um, to be fair, he's still unbeaten at Anfield in the last three games or something, isn't he now? Um, but it didn't do quite so well at home to Leeds. Mm. Seems a bizarre so, one, that as well. If, if you think about what us and Leicester did to um, Leeds in effectively just sitting deep and counter-attacking them, you would have think West Brom would have been on the same sort of wavelength as that, especially coming off the back of a Liverpool result. But then to be 4-0 down at half-time is... Crazy. Hang yeah. on, it doesn't sound familiar though, does it? Let's be, <laughs> let's be honest. Well, I mean, is this, yes, is it going to be his Sunderland moment uh, at, at West Brom? Because if it is his Sunderland moment, then he'll obviously go and pick up a load of results and uh, we'll have to be looking for someone else to get relegated instead of us this season. <laughs> go on, a few pints of wine, a few pints of wine, I'll put pay to that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger, big old pint of wine. Um, but yeah, it's this. Uh, do you think he can get out, get him out of it, Haskiff? Or yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of time to play with still. There is, but I think that you know he he did a really good job for us, but he did spend fair, fair amount of money. Mm. Um, and a West Brom mate of mine reckons there isn't a huge amount of money to go around. So, be interested to see. I think if he if he doesn't make at least two or three signings, I'd be surprised. Well, I'll, to be honest yeah, I'll drag this up the agenda a bit. Uh, Albert, he, he wants Mamadou Sacco, apparently. Oh, uh, well, I'm not up for that. So, fuck off, Sam. <laughs> well, he's out, he's out of contract at the end of the season. So, if we can get a, the, a few million for him um, yeah. in, Jan, in January and also get his 100 grand a week or whatever it is off the payroll. I mean, we're not getting any minutes out of him. I suppose depending on the, depending on the fee, I guess it, you know, potential potentially okay with it but to be honest you know you look at where they are on the table you know they're only they're only like five points off safety and Brighton can't buy a win Burnley blow hot and cold who's above Burnley oh it's us <laughs> uh, you know like it really is you know we're not we're not looking at you know we're not looking at a Sheffield United you know the points difference you know they're, they're, they're in with a shout and Allardyce knows his way around that sort of portion of the league. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't say it's, uh, 
a sure thing, especially if they do make a couple of shrewd Sam Maladici signings. Mm. I say shrewd, I mean like dodgy. Yeah. Uh, in, in January. <laughs> yeah, you so often see like whenever these managers are employed, we've had a few of them down at times, obviously Allardyce, Pulis, um, when we had Royer come in as well, you just see the pundits always write them off and say they don't have a chance, but they always seem to pull it out of the hat. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get him out of it. And um, the other man being Tony Pulis as well. He, la- he, he lasted as long in the Sheffield Wednesday job as um, his court trial against Crystal Palace did for not getting his bonus, I think. Um, 45 days in charge at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, if that's... I mean, it seems like it might have been the right second because they got three points the following night, but it seems crazy that they'd employ someone like Pulis and then get rid of him after that a short amount of time. Yeah, he didn't even have time to knock someone out in the shower. <laughs> someone uh, someone yeah. or one? Which? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a horrible image. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, it's a weird one, though, because, yeah, they didn't do great under him, but Bowl accounts the owners a nutter and sort of on a whim sacks people a bit like the forest chairman so in in the same breath a lot of wednesday fans were like well you know it's it's par for the course with this guy but you would have think pulis would you know give him the give him the season i'm sure he'd done all right now um a negative result this weekend albert um could could the palace hot seat be open for pulis to take once more whoa no 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 <laughs> i mean you know for the record, I, I liked Tony Pudis's reign at Palace. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'd find a lot of people that would agree. Um, oh, I, 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 I think you would. I, I think you'd really, like, yeah, a, a lot of people liked it. We won five games in a row for crying out loud. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm saying I think you'll find a lot of people who agree with me. Oh, like, right, was, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was a fan of his reign. I, you know, I was expecting proper. And, and listen, it was there on occasion. Expecting proper Pulis ball or whatever people called it. But I thought at times we played. You know, quite decent attacking football. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was gutted when he left. Uh, obviously, very livid, and he's dead to me now. But um, in terms of what he what he did with what he had available, I thought he did a fantastic job. But do I want him back at Sellers Park? No fucking thank you. Well, I think those bridges are fully burned. I can't, I can't see how it would ever, ever happen. But um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed his time at Palace. So I say we won five games in a row. Can't see us doing that any any point in the near future, that's for sure, or if ever again in the top flight. And um, yeah, like some fantastic, fantastic nights out. You know, the three three against Liverpool, the three two at Everton when we got to the forty point mark was unbelievable. The one 0 at West Ham, like yeah, so many good results under Pulis. It was good times, but yeah, that's that's long in the past. And um, well, you know, Hodgson's still. Very firmly in a job at the moment. Uh, transfer window is approaching. So, <sighs> Heskiv, Zaha to Milan. <laughs> I mean... Wouldn't be a transfer window about a Will story, would it? Mm, well, I've, uh, I might have mentioned it on previous pods, but I've, I've made a friend with a Milan fan who's uh, at my antenatal classes. And um, he's been making me watch all the Milan games with him um, or f- throughout the last year. So, I've, I've watched a lot of Milan and... Um, he'd walk into their team and even though they're top of Serie A, he'd absolutely walk into their team, but I'm just not sure they can afford him. I mean, it'd be their top earner by about 2 million euros across a year. So can't see it happening. Uh, Albert, if if Milan come come in, they're going to have to really break the bank, aren't they, to get him off of us as usual? Yeah, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just there not. There you go. In, insight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I think this rumour did come from 
the paper that shall not be named. So, quite quite an appetizer. I think the thing is as well with Wolf is you know we say we have this every transfer window, but this year he's got eight goals already. You know, and the, the, the criticism from people was always, oh, you know, his product's not good enough. But now he's got eight goals already. Our top scorer last year had nine all season, so I think the likelihood of him going at all was was slim anyway. But definitely when he's actually scoring quite a lot of goals and good goals at that. I'd be I'd be very, very surprised if he does. Yeah, I mean, if he continues his rate up and ends up on the round 20 at the end of the season, I think our resolve might be tested in the summer because it will finally be the season that he's actually put up the numbers, you know, and played a whole season down the middle and teams are seeing him in a different light if you can play him down the middle. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then the last one, and I guess which would be kind of the Zaha replacement long term should it be what happened is uh, Ishmael Assar's being linked again to to Palace um, and that's not the only rumour coming out of Watford today Albert so Kapue's finally fucks off from English football sounded a bit brexit there mate well <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um, when it comes to Kapue if, if Brexit meant we can get him out I, I might have voted for it <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously famous for that stamp on uh, Zaha's Achilles back at Vicarage Road in one of those games. Um, sad to see him go. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the tragic day that I dropped to Nando's and um, couldn't go to the game uh, after going to the wrong Nando's. After going to the wrong Nando's, well, there's no such thing as a wrong Nando's. I just went to the one where they hadn't cooked my food. <laughs> so, uh, Allah, the wrong Nando's. No, no, no. Semantics, but yeah, I mean that was a bad day all round, wasn't it? You know, I, I was still reeling, still reeling from chewing on my cold halloumi that had had made contact with the pavement um, about ten minutes previous, and then to tune in and see that awful challenge. It was fairly early in the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what a wanker! Well, would you um, eat that halloumi if it happened today? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com what off the floor yeah uh... in, in, in a in a covid world <laughs> I've just had six tacos. I'm pretty full at the moment, to be honest. So if you ask me to check, check in tomorrow. Yeah. Don't you just hate it? Like going shopping when, you're hung, when you've just eaten and you're not hungry. Just can't f- find anything you want to buy. I think that's what you're meant to do. Isn't yeah. it? You're not meant to go shopping when you're hungry because that's when you end up with like a six bag of pork scratchings. <laughs> yeah, some beef jerky, stuff like that. Mm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we've got to move on. We've got to try. We've got to try and rattle through this agenda because we've got to review two games. We're going to do that as briefly as possible, really, um, or at least on the Villa one. Uh, 
Hesketh game started another goal conceded early after the worst thing you want to do after shipping seven against Liverpool, including a goal mm. in the opening five minutes to go and do it again. But we did, and it came after Wilford missed a really good chance in the first minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, goalkeeper did well for Wilf's chance, but really you'd, you'd want him to score that. And the goal we let in was disappointing. You know, I'm sure we're going to bash bash the left back enough. Um, but another attack comes down that side. Great, it does well to get a hand to the initial shot, I think. Uh, but then there seems to be like five or six Palace players stood in the box. Uh, it falls to the Villa bloke and he just pokes it in because he's completely on his own. So disappointing, like you say, we, we wanted a, you know, to see a good reaction after that Liverpool game and that's what we needed. And so to go 1-0 down after five minutes is, is not really... Uh, not really the old ideal start, and we just got went from bad to worse. Really, it was another dire half, wasn't it? Yeah, and he he is going to probably come in for a bit of a battering on this show today, and Patrick Van Arnholt. And it was in that goal if he just made you know a five percent increased effort to get back, he would have been able to get goal side of Traore. He's just standing five yards behind him, watching him at a, a canter as he taps it in. Infuriating to watch, but of course, um, it, it's ended up costing him his place eventually. Uh, then we ended up with not much then else going on until the red card on the stroke of half time. And it all come about, Albert, with a Barney between Mings and Zaha just before. Did you, you, you Mings knew what he was doing when he came over and he definitely tried to stamp on Zaha. He just missed him. 100%. I said a very, very rude word when I saw it. And given that it was on during the day when kids and mother were here. Um, that's how angry it made me. He definitely knew what he was doing. And I, listen, I don't know what the rules are on trying to stamp on someone versus actually stamping on someone. But I mean, you know, they had they had a Barney. That was it. The last time, the last time we played them, they had a bit of a Barney, hmm. uh, like just clearly trying to wind Wolf up. You know, and Tyrone Tyrone Mings isn't the, isn't the only player to do it. You know, it's obviously something that people have sort of singled out in Wilf and, you know, he, he can react to it, but, you know, there's, there's winding up and then there's, and then there's trying to stamp on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he does the old, what me golf, you know, hands up, hands up to the sky sort of thing. And it's like, mate, come on, you know what you're doing. And he wasn't, he, it wasn't even a phase of play that really involved Tyrone Mings. He sort of comes flying in yeah. sort of at the end to go for him. Um, so when he got his second yellow, I was, um, I was, I think, I, even, I think I even said, I think he even said in our WhatsApp group, I don't care if we lose because, <laughs> because that C-bomb got sent off. Turns out I did care that we that we lost, uh, especially in the manner at which we lost. But that's how that's just a little insight as to how strongly I felt about that whole incident at the time. Yeah, when, when he hauled him down and um, it was clear that the ref was reaching straight for his pocket, I, was, I, I got to within like a couple of inches of the TV and I was screaming all the C-bombs under the sun at him. And then I turned around and like my nine-month-year-old daughter is just on the sofa, arms and legs kicking, really excited. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a change from recent months where any sort of celebration or shouting at a football led to her crying. She's finally learned that when the football's on the TV, she, she gets excited instead. <laughs> she just uh, loves the grief, loves the grief. First words are going to be Mings, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um right one one thing that did uh, i picked up on i think a lot of people picked up on and it infuriated a lot of people heskiff was martin keown's language um around every time zaha was fouled versus every time Grealish was fouled it was um i mean uh, I, I, whether you call it bias or unbiased whatever it is this um 
it shows that there's still a long way to go with anything yeah. when it comes to race. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just at, at, at best it's lazy. Uh, at worst, it's it's something you know a lot more serious. Um, funnily enough, I spoke to my mum at half time because she gets BBC over in France, and she was watching the game, and she was like, "This commentator keeps saying that Will's basically cheating, but every time their bloke pulls over, it's uh, it's clever." Mm. So I'm like, "My mum's noticing it now, you know." Uh, and it was every single time, and, and and even you know they show a replay of Will getting clattered and the ankle, and it's like, "Oh, he's gone down easy there." Mm. You know, 30 seconds later, Grealish gets fouled. I'm not saying Grealish wasn't fouled during the game, but, oh, it's clever. He draws the foul. You know, what a clever player. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating because it, it's been going on for ages, you know, for years. And there seems to be no change in in the commentators' views. They don't, they don't seem to take any of the criticism on board. Um, so, yeah, it is frustrating. And, you know, putting that on top of an already frustrating performance yeah. where... I mean, the second half, you know, we had, we had a man a man extra, but if you'd have come in at half time and said one of these teams has has got an extra man, they wouldn't have said it was Palace, you know. Yeah, that's so for sure. The, the, the commentary on top of everything else made it a fairly miserable, miserable boxing. Yeah, day. well, it's definitely the commentary that is really making me miss stadiums even more. Obviously, going to every game, I never usually have to put up with listening to the commentary. And if anything, it's match of the day where I have to listen to it for you know a handful of minutes as opposed to ninety. But I've just found like it's it's every, it's all of them. It's they always have the the same the preparations the same. They always talk about the same talking points during that like down points in the game. They all make always make comments about. Zaha going over too easy or Zaha being easy to wind up. Whereas it's just, there's never any sort of, you know, uh, anything more more deep. There's never any talk about tactical stuff or anything like that. It's always just about, you know, flash talking points, which, you know, they can cover off 30 seconds worth of airtime. And it's just boring. It just absolutely bores me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the only the only shining light really in punditry since we've had to watch everyone on telly is when Clinton comes on. Mm. I don't know, obviously, look, we're biased because he, he loves Palace, but I genuinely think he's a good pundit. Yeah. And he makes a point of saying how good Wilf is and makes a point of saying that he doesn't fall over and cheat and all that. So at least, you know, it, a positive dissenting voice towards Palace, you know, every now and again when Clinton appears. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the, just the, the difference between Zaha and Grealish is Grealish is trying to draw fouls and get free kicks all the time by getting his body and way the ball manipulating players into fouling him. Wilf's just not doing that. I mean, he does that in the penalty area, but outside the penalty area, Wilf's not trying to draw those fouls. Wilf's trying to get past players and they kick him. They just don't get the ball. Where Grealish is definitely initiating the contacts. And it is a clever way and it's a free kick because you can't kick people on their legs and whatnot. But um, yeah, to say that one's clever and then the other one is going down too easy, I just, yeah, it was, it properly wound me up, that did. Um, probably not as much as the second half capitulation, Albert. It was, I, I mean, God knows what was said at half time, um, but whatever it was didn't work and it could have easily been more than three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it was, it feels like such a, there's so much football at the moment, it feels like such a lifetime ago and I had to refresh my Unfortunately, I had to refresh myself on the highlights today. It was like, why am I doing this? Because it was so bad at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, oh, we lost 3-1. At least I'll get to see our goal again. I mean, it was absolute dross. Mm. Um, and listen, Villa, Villa, you know, what are they on? 26 points. They're, they're, in, they're in a bit of form. But, I mean, fuck me, they had 10 men. Um, 
and it was it was just um so, you know towards the end there was there was flashes in the second half where you thought yeah we've got enough to sort of you know come back into this and even if you only get a point you know it's a point away from home but I I mean I don't think anybody was expecting what we all saw in the second half I thought it was it was just absolute absolute dross mm-hmm. um, and it really took the shine of my leftover turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, when it went to three nil, and then they immediately hit the post straight. Well, I mean, straight. It was almost yeah, straight after. Uh, Twitter exploded, all social media exploded, and everyone was saying, "Right, that's it. Hodgson's got to go." Um, but you've picked up on something on Twitter, Albert, that's uh, been winding you up a little bit about whether Roy should be in or out. Oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 it goes beyond that as well. It just uh, you know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uncovering some like hidden gem on Twitter. I'm sure everyone, everyone's aware of it. It just, it just gets, it really gets on my tits. It's like if, if Palace lose, you have a, you know, you have a swathe of people, you know, saying where, where are the, where are the Roy defenders now, sort of thing. Um, you know, hashtag Roy out, and then you know the next game if we win. You have the, the the you know the opposite end of the argument going right. Where are the where are the Roy haters now? Everyone's you know it's like just it's it just seems to be at the moment. I mean, and I guess it's kind of a reflection of social media and particularly Twitter at the moment. Like there's no it seems there's no nuance or no no sort of middle ground, and it's you're you're you're, you're one thing or the other, and it's from game to game and everything. It's you know rather than talking about oh that was a good you know that was a good result or that was a bad result. Hopefully on to the next one. You know it's all this. Right, where is everybody now? Who, who, who are the people that are calling for Roy's head three days ago, sort of thing? And even, I mean, even I, I don't know who it was, and even if I did, I wouldn't call it call them out for it. There was a somebody posted a load of stats about Luca's performance in the last game. You know, Luca had a, a fairly decent game, I'd say, against Leicester. Um, you know, played a played a big role in the goal, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, it was like these are Luca's stats from the Leicester game. You know. Where's everybody who was slagging him off the last two games? Doesn't suit your agenda, sort of thing. And it's like, you know, Luca was shit for the last two games, and, and hasn't hasn't been great for a while. And yeah, he's had a he's had a, a fairly decent game against Leicester. Like the t- the two things are, are are possible, you know, and can can sit in the same you know the same universe. It just it just seems to me at the moment there's just a real polarization in you must think that Luca's shit all the time and can't. Or vice versa, and you can't acknowledge that he's a good player, or that's capable of having a bad game, or vice versa. I'm, I feel I'm going on a rant here, but I, I, I wondered if you guys would notice anything similar. Like there's, there seems to be no no nuance anymore between, and certainly on the Roy issue. You know, if we win, there's you know, like I say, a swathe of people that are like, oh, yeah, go on, then who wants to sack him now? And then three days later, it can. I mean, it hasn't swung back three days later because we didn't win. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, not normalise um, being able to change your mind about things or, you know, being able to two things to exist in the same space. It just, I, I don't know whether it's social media that's done that or what, but yeah, it, po- being polarised about things is is the norm these days, just how it seems to go. But um, yeah, you're right, he was, he was he was good in the Leicester game. He was, he's been average, I'll say, <laughs> in the games leading up to that, so um I was gonna. I was gonna just ask for a man in a match for this video game. I don't. I don't think anyone deserves it, really, do they? No. No one can be getting that. Maybe Will for getting Ming sent off, but other than that, I don't know. But anyway, look, we we then um, got straight into the Leicester game two two days later, um, 
and big changes came in. Uh, Heskiff, the the main the main one which everyone was calling for pretty much was uh, Mitchell in for Patrick van Arnholt. Um, and he actually paired up Mitchell and Schlupp down the left-hand side. And apparently it's the fourth time they've played with each other down the left this season. It's resulting in three wins and one draw, apparently. Really? Mm. Very good. Um, someone tell Roy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was pleased that Mitchell came in. I was dreading a team coming out before the Leicester game and seeing no changes or seeing like one change, you know, just to make a point. Um so, yeah, it was quite pleasing. But then my wife, Vanessa, said to me, she was like, yeah, but it's always when we get the team we want that they end up playing shit and then we just go back to the one we don't want. And I was like, oh, great. We haven't even kicked off yet and I'm miserable. <laughs> um, and, I, I, yeah, I, I think Mitchell should be back in the team anyway. I, I think, actually, I don't think he had a great first half. Uh, I think he got turned a few times. I actually had a, a text from my Villa mate saying he didn't, he didn't rate our left back. However... Um, I think that wasn't helped by how like slow and leggy we looked in the first half again. Um, uh, because in the second half when we actually like ramped it up a bit and, and sort of got stuck in, uh Mitchell looked looked very, very good, you know. Um maybe there's less pressure on him then, I don't know, but certainly there were there were challenges and positional points made in the second half where you you know, PVA ain't doing it. And I know that you know, in the past, we've talked about the importance of PVA going forward, uh, and he's, he's scored a very good amount of goals for for a left back. However, you know, when you when you look at that third goal against Villa, and PVA is sort of ambling back on the halfway line when a goal from our left hand side is going in, it's very frustrating, and he keeps doing it. And I don't think putting Mitchell in will cost us as much going forward as keeping PVA will cost us at the back. So I was really pleased to see Mitchell back. And I think maybe, you know, first yeah, half an hour or whatever it is aside, he looked very good. And it might just be a case of him sort of playing himself back into it in the way that Tonks looked very shaky at the beginning, giving away that that penalty, but then grew into the game himself as well. So yeah. maybe I'm a bit harsh. Yeah, and it's also Leicester are a very good side, particularly down the flanks as well. So it's, you know, it's hard to deal with. But yeah, he, he certainly grew into it and, and had an impact going forward as well. It wasn't just um, defensively, but I'd, I think there was a lack of trust in him going forward. Though. I felt I felt there was a few times where he was on the overlap and uh, where the ball would most certainly have gone to PVA, it didn't go to Mitchell. Um, and Zaha was the main culprit there, but... Um, yeah, that comes that comes as he gets more and more experience. But yeah, I, you can only see him turning into being a very at least a very competent Premier League left back, um, which is great for again another you know notch on the bedpost for our academy, as it were. Um, other changes: Albert Dan, as we know, injured, went out. Uh, Ward, MacArthur, and Eze, uh, Tompkins, Klein, Jai Riedewald, and Townsend coming in. Um, do you you got to feel a bit sorry for Eze here, right? It's it's, it's kind of like to me this kind of signals that you know it's it's having that extra attacking player on the field who doesn't help out so much defensively is the problem to all of our well it's the key to all of our problems basically yeah it's 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 a tricky balance to get you know especially when you're on a a terrible run of form and you're shipping goals left right and centre you know everybody says and you know it's what people are saying about West Brom with Big Sam, you know, all well, back to basics and, you know, go back to the go back to the drawing board and the training pitch and whatever else you need to go back to and, you know, and, and just, just tighten things up and 
you know, naturally it's the it's the sort of like you say the creative players who who suffer that and, and find themselves on the wrong end of it. Obviously, he's not going to drop Wilf Zaha. Um, so whilst whilst I wouldn't have necessarily gone with it, you know, I can I can see what he's done in in putting Eze on the bench for a game. I mean, whoever it is, you know, we our mid our our, our last two thirds of the pitch, you know, we there's there's not a lot of rotation in those positions, so. You know, but I'm, I was stunned that MacArthur even started the game prior to Leicester. You know, it's like you know he's 33. I love him, and he's you know he's, he he runs himself into the ground. But you you've got to give him a break every now and then, especially when like Gyro's been on the bench for the last few games as well. So I can I can see why he did it. Um, uh, you, again, you want to see your most creative players on the pitch, but when you're desperately trying to just get any any sort of point on the board, it's it's it is an understandable decision. Mm. I mean, Penny. I still say Penny for Mishy Batshuayi's faults, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, Roy's seeming to just suggest that the people would, uh, you know, are not getting into the team or understanding of it. But I, I just can't imagine that he is having come in in a year before the Euros to try and get the plan time and score the goals to um, force his way into that Belgium starting lining up. But um, can't see that happening for this season. Where it, has, it hasn't happened at least yet. Um, Haskiff, another appalling first half in this game. We were really, really bad and um, bowed out yet again by Vicente Guaita, uh, saving Iniacho's penalty from the James Tompkins foul. Now, he's conceded 11 goals in three games, but he's, that, those three games in the Spurs game, he's largely been brilliant in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a weird thing to say that he probably will get and deservedly should get player of the month when we've let in so many goals. But like you say, against Liverpool, I don't know what he's going to do about any of those goals. Um, Tottenham, he keeps us in it. Villa, he keeps the score down. Um, and with Leicester, you know, I think if they, they were so much on top in the first 20 minutes, if that penalty goes in, I'd really fear for Palace again. I think we'd have actually capitulated again. Yeah, that, if that penalty goes in, you can see the one that comes off in the Acho's shoulder somehow finding a way in. The Iosi Perez cross that hits the top of the crossbar dips in at the far corner. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, like our confidence must be on such a, you know, tight spot where any little thing will knock it completely, you know, off kilter. So it was great to see him save that penalty. I, I always just assume Ian Nacho is going to score against us, mostly because of what he did when he played for Man City. Um, and it wasn't a great penalty, but look, penalty save for a goalie is great. And they, I'm glad they didn't make him retake it because that's what I was fearing. Like I celebrated it as if we scored and then remembered the, you know, all these new rules or whatever. Well, that was, um, I mean, that took embarrassingly long to figure out because his foot was behind the line. I don't, I don't know why it took thing. so long. And I'm sure we'll talk about VAR a little bit more when it comes to that handball but yeah like you could see on first replay it's just, it's the same with the penalty really you know they, they looked at that a fair bit and I just thought well you only need one look at it and you can tell it's a penalty in the same way you can see that his foot's behind the line so that's it get on with it um, but yeah like you say I mean, he, he, he's been brilliant greater and I think um, you know if were it not for him it sounds mad to say because we've already let in a load of goals, but we would have. I mean, our goal difference would be massively worse than it is now without him. Oh, could take me back to the days where we we had a plus one goal difference for a couple of games. 
<laughs> and Liverpool took full care of that um, with loads of goals. And talking of loads of goals, uh, Vicente Guaita also got his five Lionel Messi bottles, which uh, Budweiser have given a bottle, a limited edition bottle, for every goal to the goalkeepers that Messi scored against Albert. Did you see this? I did, and you know, you know, I'm a big fan of Budweiser. <laughs> exactly. Um, would you crack them open if they were the last five left, and you had a couple of mates around? Yeah, completely. Limited edition Lionel Messi ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a goalie, so they wouldn't be mine. So I would definitely <laughs> drink them. And you would have had way more than five if you were a goalkeeper, I'd imagine. But, uh, <laughs> How dare you? I mean, to be fair, Vicente Guaita should have way more than five. Um, he's, he's pulled off some unbelievable saves from Messi, saved a penalty from Messi. Um, there's a famous free kick, which he gets into the top corner and somehow saves, sort of a bit like the save from Eric Dyer when we played Spurs the other day. I mean, that's, um, Eric Dyer. Do you think they'll bring out <laughs> bottles, of, bottles of beer when Eric Dyer? Yeah, as I said, as, month, right? Eric Dyer's buzzing that I've mentioned him in the same sentence as Lionel Messi and free kicks there. But um, They're the... going to send one to the bloke that he tried to beat up in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, if you haven't seen that free kick save from Messi, go and have a look for it on YouTube. It's um, Messi's face is quite a picture after it. Um, can't believe he saved it. Um, <clears throat> but talking about saving things, uh, I mean, Albert, that that Benteke header, it, it's, it's handball, isn't it? I mean, how VAR have not looked at it, it seems to make a mockery of, of the whole system, really. It kind of, I mean, it kind of passed me by. I only had sort of one eye on that game for a lot of it because of just when it was and the kids and all that stuff. And and um, it's only going back and, and looking at all on the social media and the, and the screenshots. It's like, it's a, sh- it's a shocking, sh- considering what they do look at. Yeah, if no, know, if, if no one had appealed for it, I would have been fight. It would have been easy enough to miss. Although the whole way that Benteke shaped and got over the ball, it made no sense where the ball went. So it felt like it at least had to have taken a deflection for a corner. But um, yeah. uh, but then meant, yeah. but then when Kiate is in the ref's face slapping his arm saying handball, really really it should VAR should automatically be looking at it surely. But I yeah, I mean that's how that's how it's meant to work, and it you know it's not it's not an innocuous handball in the centre circle. You know we're not talking about something you know really you know not potentially game changing. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of what VAR should be, um, but that's just a, a massive what what the, what the fuck is it for? You mm. know, if if they're not <laughs> if they're not looking at that, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. Roy was referring to thinking that Leicester perhaps could have had another penalty, but I, I don't I don't know what he was talking about there. But yeah, for me that that should that absolutely should have been a penalty enough. I mean, we didn't touch on the one in the Villa game uh, on Patrick Van Arnholt, which I I think could have been a could have, should have been a penalty. Um, but I've also had you know probably about fifty fifty Palace fans saying uh, it, was, it was a it was a no for me. Yeah, I just I just think that it's kind of like uh, it, if that's Jack Grealish on the halfway line, it gets given as a foul. I was going to say it gets given as a penalty there. I was like... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, probably because it's Jack Grealish and he's the... Really biased. Yeah. Really clever player to buy Very a penalty on the, on the halfway line. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, I, yeah, I mean, PVA's got his body in front of him and 
the guy's gone taken out his standing foot whether he's meant to or not and it's more of a coming together that's taken he's taken out his standing foot in the penalty area should be a penalty for me but you know no i was glad to hear roy say there's no point talking about that incident because um <laughs> our goalkeepers bailed us out loads of times we've conceded two other goals anyway so that was good and um after this one so Heskip apparently Ray Lewington's gone in at half time and given him an absolute roasting um are you surprised yeah. I mean hearing him on the you can, we obviously hear him every match on the sidelines um must have been quite sounding quite loud in that changing room yeah the, the the two things that you can guarantee about Ray Lewington is that he's going to shout every second of the game and that he's going to be doing it wearing shorts. <laughs> I think they're, they're the two guarantees in life at the moment. I think that's an uh, old person thing. Like uh, the older you get, like you just are you like calves really hot all the time. I mean, we'll, we'll find, uh, we'll find out. out. <laughs> I guess we'll have to grow. We'll we're have to grow into asking it. the big questions here. Asking the big questions here. When you're old, do your calves get hot? Do <laughs> you get in contact with the show if you're old? Yeah. I've got hot calves. Can, can everybody yeah. just ask all of their dads that are over sixty? Are, do they have really hot calves? Yeah, but you say that, but then old people really get like you know in the summer they've still got like the big old like wax jacket on and a thick pair of slacks. So. I've not seen Ray Lewington in the summer, but I'm just talking about <laughs> I, I think what I'm doing is generalising, and we're not meant to do that. Um, if you if you have any uh, opinions, please email clobber at backofthemouth.com. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it does surprise me that Lewington went in and gave him a, a rocket because they needed it. And, I, I, I mean, whatever you think of Roy, I, I just can't imagine him going in throwing his tea around. So it's good, I suppose, that we have someone like Lewington who's who's going to be loud and shouty. Yeah, apparently, um, apparently he was bollocking him because somebody had hidden his trousers. Yeah. <laughs> do you reckon? Freezing out there. <laughs> do, do you reckon Roy's tea would? I, I reckon he has a like really weak black tea with a slice of lemon in it. Oh. You're asking the wrong person, mate. You know my feelings on tea. I'll defer to Albert. Don't get me started on tea. <laughs> Never done that before. But Roy also mentioned, um, he referenced in one of his interviews, I think it was the post-match of the Leicester game, that he's gone on a couple of rants that he's not been proud of lately and he doesn't really feel as his style. Um, so, Albert, would you... Who's got, who's got waist trousers? <laughs> oh, dear. I don't, yeah. <laughs> But he also suggested, just moving on, I'm just going to go straight past it. Zaha. <laughs> Zaha. <laughs> um, th- there's a suggestion that the, uh, Roy also said the players had a team meeting themselves. Uh, the Heskiff in his, in his post. About who's going to nick race trousers? <laughs> if someone will turn our backs and if someone just put it down, we won't ask any questions. If we turn around and his trousers are there, We'll let it slide. We all know it's Sacco. We all know it's Sacco. Guy's a joker. Or it's just check that you turn around and Kiate is wearing them, but they only come up to his shins. No, what? No, James, actually, James Tompkins has got them. He's just got into one leg of them. But yeah, so as I said, the sort of players had a team meeting about the games, but you know, Roy having his rants and the team having a team meeting amongst themselves, the players having a team meeting amongst themselves clearly didn't sort things out because that first half was poor. So it was Ray Lewin after all is um, who needs to turn up the turn up the gas mark in the abuse apparently. So well, well done to Ray, and of course we come up come out in the second half and everything's. Um, 
a lot, lot better. And for the first, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes of that second half, uh, we were the only the only team that looked likely. And oh, but it was it was some goal in the end, wasn't it? It was starting off with that pass from Luca in between the lines. Yeah, great. I mean, you, you, I had to sort of rewind it again to appreciate the Luca pass because for for me, I was I was just really impressed in in Wilf's Wilf's part in the goal. You know, like he, it, Wilf's really you know deep and nowhere near the goal and falls over and and all of a sudden he's at the back stick and and you know a really really nice finish. Um, yeah, you have to you have to sort of jog back a little bit more to sit to fully appreciate Lucas' contributions. It was a it's a fantastic goal. Um, so yeah, it was it was a, it was a it was a, a goal that you know probably deserved us to get the three points based on the based on the second half. But you know, Leicester go on and score an equally good sort of you might call it a solo goal. But um, yeah, it's disapp- disappointing we couldn't hold out. Um, although you know, albeit against the second string. Mm. I feel like the hold out, but in the end we were holding on a little bit as well after the goal because they really came at us and obviously they made the changes where they brought on Vardy, they brought on Tillemans, for example, and that um obviously added a lot of quality to that team that didn't start the game. But yeah, I think I think across the course of the ninety minutes a point was probably just about right. Um <clears throat> Heskiff, eight goals and two assists now in ten games for Wilfred Zaha. He's um, there was there was talks about a target being set for the number of goals he wanted to score this season. What, what, what do you think he's a- he's aiming for? Uh, I mean, he's probably oh, I don't know. See, I, normally I would say ten, but he, he seems to be a lot of his interviews are talking about how he knows to you know he he's being more selfish and and getting shots off more. So. He, is if he set himself a target, it was probably like fifteen twenty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if it, some of the goals he's scoring are just you've got to be confident that you're going to do it to take the shot on. I think his his finish against Leicester was absolutely brilliant, and you know even if you punt the ball over the bar, at least you at least you're having a go at it instead of sort of trying to bring it down and make an easier an easier angle for yourself or whatever. So. I think he's he's definitely in in confident form, which is good. Yeah. Um, my my only fear is that I know we've obviously scored way more goals at this stage of the season than we had at this point last season. Um, but I, Albert, I don't know if you agree. I, I feel like it's a bit skewed by the Leeds and West Brom games where we West Brom were dire against us and we're down to ten men and we're probably on top of us before before that and we spanked four pass and when they had ten men and Leeds just as I've said this play rush basically play rush goalie and um, <laughs> scoring four against them is easy enough you know they've conceded the most goals in the division this season and for all for how well we did in the second half against Leicester we had to perfectly knit together a great move where we've had a fantastic through the eye the needle pass some unbelievable play on the ball from Zaha and vision and awareness and then a fantastic cross from Townsend and an unbelievable finish at the back post to score a goal we're still not creating enough chances despite our increasing goals this season for me do you agree yeah I think that's that's a fair summary I mean the only other, um, again, there's been so many games recently. I find it hard to keep a mental log of it all. But you know, the only other sort of clear cut chance that I can think of was that you know Zaha going through on goal and having the one on one with Schmeichel. That eventually the flag goes up for it, and you know Schmeichel obviously saves it. Like there's, we're just not, we're just not creating an abundance of chances. There's lots of lots of half chances and 
promising little sort of exchanges in and around the box, but you know, rarely, rarely does it lead to a oh man, we should have scored that. The keepers made a great save there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Right. Then, of course, as we've we've touched on it already, the Harley, Harvey Barnes equalises. We hold on a bit at the end. They have a couple of shots sort of in and around the area that end up going over and wide. And um, yeah, Heskey just leaves us man the match. A um, couple of shouts in there. I think I think the main contenders probably Zaha, Mitchell, and Guaita. Yeah, yeah, I'd go for one of those three. I don't know anyone who massively stood out. Um, probably, probably give it to Mitchell because of his excellent second half. Like I said, I don't think his first half was brilliant, but his second half was very, very good. Uh, and I like him. So, yeah. <laughs> agenda, but, uh, agenda. There's your agenda. There's my agenda. Clever, clever defender. <laughs> Albert, what about you? Uh, much of a match list for me. Yeah, probably Mitchell. Or I mean. Everybody loves a penalty save, so maybe Guaita edges it for me. Yeah, Vinny G for me as well. You save a penalty at nil-nil. It's huge in that game, especially our record when we concede the first goal versus our record when we score the first goal. Um, we score the first goal, we're not going to lose. We concede the first goal, we're going to lose. So um, it's a massive, massive save there. So um, yeah. And then, I mean, not got much time left here, but we're just like flying. So we've got Sheffield United coming up now. <laughs> Back at the beginning of December, uh, me and Heskiff were joking about this a lot, saying that Sheffield United is still going to have no wins coming into the visit to Celeste uh, <laughs> in the new year. And it turns out that it, 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 that's how it's going to be. Two points from... Well, I mean, this stage of the season is unprecedented. It never happened in the Premier League before. Even 11-point derby. Was it 11 points derby got in that season? Yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. so even they had fewer points and more points at this stage of the season. So, um, yeah, un- unbelievable, really, especially if you think back to, you know, the way they stormed onto the scene in the Premier League last year before, um, you know, tailing off a bit at the end, but still having a very, very good season. And now they just can't seem to get anything right. Um Albert, you'd be pleased to know they've only scored <laughs> half the amount of goals of their play games. They've scored eight goals in sixteen games. Okay, so that's half half a goal a game. Yeah, and only and only three times from open play. How do you score half a goal a game? That's what I want to know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could look into that. Well, yeah, I'd love to lose a half a goal to nil against them on Saturday. But yeah, only three goals from open play, three set pieces and two penalties. Um, they're really, sounds, they're, they're really, sounds quite good. They're, they're really, really struggling to find the back of the net. Um, yeah. <clears throat> are you surprised that they're falling off or you you think that sometimes just promoted teams eventually get found out? I'm I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that they're struggling, but I am surprised at how badly they're struggling. I mean, you know, and it's the it's the flip side of last season. I was surprised how well they did. So, you know, sort of average it out. It's probably you know they should be you know a little bit better. I think they yeah definitely overachieved last season. Um, and I, I guess you know they play they play a certain way that was you know sort of marketed as quite revolutionary but you know i think i think it's a bit like when we first came up you know when you when when you're a, a team that isn't blessed with the deepest of squads and i mean listen they've spent a fair bit of money in the, in, in the summer but i think you're you're always at, you're always at risk of getting found out when you haven't got a wealth of options to switch it around and try something different you know um so yeah i'm like i say i'm i'm, I'm stunned they've only got two points but i'm not surprised to see them 
languishing down the bottom. Yeah, according to... Um... Sorry, Sean Bain, if you're listening. <laughs> according to who scored, um, I mean, their, weak, their weaknesses makes awful reading. Keeping possession of the ball, finishing scoring chances, and then this is where it gets really bad from defending against through ball attacks, defending against long shots, defending against set pieces. <laughs> so it's pr- pretty much everything. <laughs> they can't. They could have just said defending. defending yeah. They could have summed that up a bit more succinctly. <laughs> and um, that only strength is aerial duels. Um, now, Hesky. It says here strengths, Sean Bean. <laughs> <laughs> they might need him at the moment um, to. Yeah, there's a joke in there about being headless and Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. I'm, it's it's too too late into 2020 to come up with something. But um, yeah, aerial jewels is their only strength. Um, Heskiff. So is is there an argument here to leave Benteke on the bench and get Batshuayi in, or do you, do you think Benteke has been? Oh, I mean, he he wasn't great against Villa at all, but he, he was not so bad against Leicester. Um, is do you think he still needs to have a longer run in the team? Yeah, I think he will. Um, I, I don't think he was. I don't think he was great against Leicester. I definitely don't think he was great against Villa. But you know, I think in a, in a game like that, where you know, if he if he can start, it goes with the same team, I suppose. If he starts off well and sort of grows into it, then he'll be a massive asset. And you know, look, the way he was playing before that red, that ridiculous red card against West Ham, he he was absolutely superb. So. I think he. I think he'll play again. I think he. He's a good, good player to have in a team, and you know, players like Ayu and Mishi on the bench, or Eze if Eze starts as a sub. Having players like that off the bench can be game changers if Mishi can stay on side. Um, so I think. I mean, I think with this game, we really need to start well. We haven't started well in in the last few games at all. Um, certainly, don't, try not to concede a bloody goal after five minutes. But I think with a team like Sheffield United, arguably they're they're going to be even more nervy than us. So we've got to start on the front foot, and we've got to be positive. Whether that means bringing Eze in as a starter, I don't know. But I certainly think that we we can't just sort of sit and have a have a stagnant start like we did against Leicester because we really want to get on Sheffield United's back, uh, and we certainly and this is my prediction don't want to let. Rian Brewster score because he hasn't got a goal for them yet. So yeah, well, of course he hasn't. I mean, Minamino for Liverpool hadn't hadn't scored for them. Finds the back of the net. Mane hadn't scored. I think in nine games when they came into play against us, he he obviously scores against us because he always does. Um, we could we could we should start this in these. Um, do a whole pod of just reading off the times where people have broken their bad runs against us or whatever. And uh, it's like, like I say, back in December, we were joking about this. And I've, I've actually bet on uh, Rian Brewster on 1 0 to Sheffield United at 40 to 1 because I feel like those odds are very generous. And I'm sure there's there's better odds out there to be had as well, <laughs> to be honest. But um, Albert, yeah, to be linked with him for so long during the transfer window and then miss out on him. I mean, you could say after 12 appearances at Sheffield United with no goals and no assists, uh, we've dodged a bullet for the amount of money, but um, you, you can see him doing it, can't you? Hmm. Yeah, and just looking at their form, you know, it's only, I think in their last eight games, the games that they've lost, apart from one of them, they've only lost them by a one-goal margin. Mm. So it's not like they're getting turned over 2-3-0 every week. So, you know, we're not going to turn up and, 
you know, I don't think we're going to see a, a smashing like we did against Leeds or West Brom. Um, so yeah, who knows? And when you know when it's when there's only one goal in it, potentially, you know that can that can go either way. And yeah, it's, it wouldn't be the greatest stretch of imagination for the lad that we were after who hasn't done fuck all since. Sorry, has done fuck all <laughs> since to um, you know give it large to an empty an empty stand. Um, shirt over his head and all that stuff yeah I think um, we've got last season we had both of the games against them we lost 1-0 and both were extremely tight games probably um, one of the only thoughts Lucas put wrong in his whole Palace career was when he dropped that windy cross into the goal for the 1-0 loss at Sellers but um, yeah I can see another Luca. Um, did I say Luca? I meant Vinny. Sorry. Mate, could you keep your agenda to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even in goal that game, yeah? <laughs> Vinny G, when he dropped the ball in. Sorry. Um, yeah. Luca's way, made way more mistakes. He constantly puts his foot out. I'm not really in that agenda against Luca. I just I think he blows hot and cold. And um, yeah, uh, I think there's something in the argument that penalties, that all the penalties he scored probably did keep the spotlight away from him a little bit in the past but um there you go but what will be interesting is the last point Sheffield United aim pretty much all of their attacks down the right so whoever plays out of PVA and Mitchell they're going to have their work cut out for them but hopefully we can find a 1-0 win but you've you've already predicted a 1-0 loss Heskiff uh, Albert what about you? Mm, I'm going to mm, I'm going to go 1-0 win Crystal Palace yeah Wilf to score uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> no one else bloody does. Um, I, I'll, I'll sit in the middle and I'll go nil-nil then, um, even though my actual um, hard-earned pounds are sitting on a, a very different scoreline. But there you go. Um, well, thank you for joining us. A little longer show than normal this week to get all of that in. Um, I think we'll be back next week for... We've got Wolves in the FA Cup, haven't we? And that's uh, Friday night. Um, Heskiff... Uh, can can our dream of winning the FA Cup happen this year? Wolves Wolves currently not not sitting too pretty since that injury to Jimenez. Do you want the long answer or the short? Answer? <laughs> the short answer for now. You can give me the long answer next week. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. At least tease it. At least tease it. Because why would you tune in? Why would you tune in now? Well, you never know. We might spank Sheffield United four 0 on the weekend, and it'll come come full of. Full of the joys of uh, spring. It's not quite spring yet, is it? Um, it actually probably be. We'll be covered in snow by next week. I think he's um, hitting the minuses tonight. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm ranting, Albert. Thank you for joining. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And um, the pod gets a new sponsor starting from the next podcast. So um, listen, listen out for that, and because um, your balls will thank you. Yeah. Anyway, until next week. Up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine. 
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.